1: Now, wait a minute, Mitchell. Yeah. Paul Mitchell Systems. Do people talk to you about that?
0: Constantly.
1: I owe you a deep apology. Brian, I have been trying to coordinate with Brian for any number of months now so that we three could be on the podcast together because yeah. I know you're part of his Palm Springs gang.
0: Yes. I've gone twice with him to Palm Springs.
1: He talks about you. You're in it. Drew Drogi's in it. Who else is in it?
0: Uh, uh, Tim McKiernan, Sam Pancake.
1: Oh, Sam, Pan- Sp- Sam Pan's in there?
0: Sam Pan's in there, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Sam Pancake for three days in Palm Springs. I'd throw myself in the pool, I think. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he's so funny and he's so fun. Says. But that is a three—that is a three-day one-man show, is what that is.
0: Yeah, you just have to power down and let him go. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, let him go.
1: You make sure you buy—you have to buy all the tortilla chips and the salsa and the guacamole—and you just sit and watch the show. You just yeah.
0: eat and watch the show. That's that what you would be do. my
1: guess. Yeah. Uh, in any event, I know Brian is a dear friend of yours. Brian's a pretty good friend of mine. And mm. you're also a dear friend of mine, so this was the sort of Venn in the diagram I was trying to get going. Yet, yeah. in uh, any event, Brian, Brian is—you know—he's on nine one one. He's on you. He's on Search Party. He's on Attitudes. He's on the, uh, Catitudes. I don't know what else. He's got ten other Cat-titudes. podcasts. I don't even know. Catitudes.
0: I well, love Catitudes. Ta- he
1: just speaks to cats on Catitudes, is my understanding, and about cats and cats' rights. Good. Big cats, small cats, domestic cats. He's like a tippy type.
0: Oh, just, I, I, it's funny, because when you said tippy I'm like, wait, she was in The Birds. But then she, you're like, oh, yeah, she was a big cat. Wasn't she
1: person. a cat rescuer, yeah, a big she cat? Yes, absolutely. Didn't she, yeah, well, she Carol, a- what was the name from um, Joe Exotic? What was that show called? Oh,
0: that Carol woman from yeah, uh, Tiger King. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure they were not friends. Now, that's
1: about to come out, and I have to say... Okay, go. Uh, they've got... John Cameron Mitchell playing uh, Joe Exotic,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: I think is inspired casting, I have to say. I bet he's going to be inc- I think he's going to give an Emmy-winning performance as he's Joe He's great.
0: He will be great.
1: And I think I love Kate McKinnon, but I don't think that was the right choice for his Carol Baskin. She's about 25 years younger than Carol Baskin. Uh,
0: yeah, I guess, but I think, you know, she can- I mean, she's very talented,
1: so maybe she'll be terrific.
0: I just have to say, I don't know why they did it in the first place.
1: Well, that's an excellent question. Of course. I guess it... today is Mitch Selpa, by the
0: way. Hi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mitch I feel Selper. like we
0: already laughed at The Tiger King, <laughs> that we need to watch we it had again.
1: That, we've done that already. We yeah, did we had, already. You know, and it does drive me crazy when they redo something that was a documentary as a show. Because nothing will ever measure up to the documentary. This is what makes a great documentary. Nothing measures up like what people are like in real Is life. that a genre?
0: Like that documentary is making it into a show?
1: Well, they're sort of doing that with podcasts a bit now. I didn't watch oh, yeah. The Shrink Next Door, but I bet it was great. The best thing about The Shrink Next Door, which I listened to, was the accents. Those, the voices that don't exist. The, everyone is Anthony Fauci on The Shrink Next Door. Everyone has <laughs> that New York accent.
0: Oh, that'd be great. Which is a disappearing oh, art form. You know what? Now that you, I said I didn't watch it, but I did. I forgot it was called The Shrink Next Door. I watched the first episode. You're right. It was a very like New York sort of, like very New York. They had 70s, was it 70s or 80s?
1: 80s. Paul Rudd.
0: Yeah, Will Fabulous
1: Ferrell. case. He played his wife. They had Will Ferrell. But yeah. Will Ferrell was playing, uh, you know, that, well, I'm going to get in trouble talking about he wasn't Jewish, playing a Jewish person. Now, everyone's upset about that. Helen Mirren's upset. She thinks everyone's getting mad at her because only Jewish people are supposed to play Golda Meir.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Where yeah. do you fall on that? Where do you fall I- on Jew face, Mitch?
0: I I think – oh, God, it's so complicated because – Mrs.
1: Maisel.
0: Mrs. Maisel. It would be so much better if there was a Jew playing that. I (laughs) think – yeah, I mean, it's so – the rules don't kind of – I don't really know what the rules are because, like, yeah, I mean, I think ideally actors should be able to play anything. But, like, now it's sort of like – any, but – some can't play certain things, but you can't. But everyone can play. Still play Jews. So, like, I don't really get the rules. And yeah. selfishly, and this is completely self-involved, like being Jewish, I'm like, you know, let me play the Jew.
1: Yeah, where where's my phone call?
0: Where's my phone call?
1: You know, to me, it's about equality. And I don't think we're saying exclusively non-Jews can't play Jews. But there is an, I, There is a quality. It really depends on the performance, of course, because the, if you can pull it off, congratulations to you. But if you can't, it starts to feel like a little bit of a clown show.
0: Well, you mean like Blythe Danner playing, uh, do you ever see Brighton Beach Memoirs?
1: Oh, I can't remember. I can't she, remember her performance.
0: Yeah, she played the Jewish mother.
1: Mike Danner how I mean, was she's she a great actor? Was she doing her mother in- law you know she was married to Bruce Paltrow, who was trying Oh that's
0: true, so she did have but knows? I don't know maybe whether I, she but I don't know whether she had is.
1: the quality It's a quality, and yeah. so if you can get an actor that has the quality, even if they're not name name name, but this also goes back to the thing about casting that people don't like to talk about in Hollywood, which is that very rarely is the best actor for the pot cast in the pot. It's often about a million other things. And so what people are responding to is, why didn't you get a better actor, is what they're really saying. And the answer is because they couldn't sell the movie on that person or open the movie on that person, blah, 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 blah. Yeah,
0: people were attacking uh, uh, Nicole Kidman for uh, Lucille Ball before the movie even came out.
1: Well, did you, well, I mean- you know, she was playing <laughs> Lucy at every age. That was sort of uh, you know, talking yeah. about being pregnant at fifty eight and a half or however old she is. But she looks terrific to call Kidman, I will say. Yeah, so Mitchell. Going- anyone call you Mitchell in your life?
0: Um uh my mom when your I was a kid. Your mother still calls but you she Mitchell enough? No, she would call me Mitchell sometimes when she was being like playful with me. <laughs>
1: Let me ask you this: You and Drew yeah. Drogi, who have taken the internet by storm, you were a, couple, a couple of these, you know, quarantine stars. Okay, that people talk about
0: sure.
1: The, the I mean, come on, who could love anything more than I love the conversations between you and Drew? Oh, and the now, two old queens. Oh, I love it more than anything. And now you, I want to know where you got that kimono top from that you're wearing in in the half of them. Sure. Uh, but more importantly, you're both doing a show together now. What's the? Tell me about the show and when it's on and when people can come it's to so we don't, don't forget.
0: Know. It's next week. So I don't know when this is going to be. This
1: is coming out on Tuesday, so oh, it'll be next week, yeah.
0: It's Tuesday. Tuesday, March tonight! 1st. Tonight.
1: The show's tonight. The show's tonight yeah. at 8
0: o'clock, Tuesday, March 1st at the Dynasty Typewriter. It's called It's Mitch and Drew and We've Never Felt Younger. Um, but it's <laughs> a 40, like a 45 minute show and we did it once in November and it was, it was, you know, it was full. We were really, it was a really nice audience. And so and it was, much we fun. It again. Yeah. It's just a point. It's really silly.
1: I would love to see you two on stage together. Cause well, I don't I, think I've, I've seen you individually on stage, but I don't think I've ever seen you on stage together.
0: We've known each other for so long and we've done little shows together, but this is the first yeah. time we've ever actually written together,
1: yeah. you know. Yeah. Exciting. And so it's just this Tuesday. Can they watch it online also? Or no? Is that over now? Streaming things?
0: I hope it's over. (laughs) But
1: but you know, Dynasty Typewriter does stream things. I know. I
0: guess- Can't you make
1: them stream it too?
0: We can, yeah, sure, we'll talk to them about it. Why do you I, make I them talk. stream
1: it so that my audience can watch it?
0: All right, I'll ask them if we they're can stuck, it. They're stuck,
1: where they're stuck. Let's put it oh. this way. If they're streaming it, since we're a little bit in a time machine right now, we're yeah. going to put the link in our bio on to the show. And so if it is available for stream tonight, there'll be a link there. That's what Okay, I'll say. talk
0: to somebody. Okay. And I need to answer your kimono question.
1: Where did I the kimono com- come from?
0: I got it a few years ago at a, what are those called? Those white elephant parties? <laughs> exactly. Called,
1: I think they're called nightmares.
0: They are fucking nightmares. Someone brought a
1: kimono top to a white elephant party.
0: <laughs> That's, I don't who want bro- it.
1: Who brought it and who didn't want it? And what I don't you know
0: want? who brought it. There were a lot of people at this fucking party. <laughs> and I know I've been to two, I've been, I've been to this person's party and I love them for like a few years in a row and it's always like i finally got a gift that's okay and the last fucking second
1: oh yeah someone someone snatches it it. and i get a
0: a kimono kimono.
1: but look at the kimono was the gift they kept giving
0: yeah now it's my part of my costume
1: and what kind of white wine are you drinking (laughs) in this glass (laughs) (laughs) i actually meant in the video Oh, uh,
0: it's, sorry. It's it's just, uh, uh, it's just I don't, oh, oh, it's a Pinot.
1: A Pinot. That's yeah. your white wine of choice?
0: Yes, yeah, my white so wine it of choice. So was a Pinot. Yeah. I also like when I'm doing it, I actually get a little buzzed.
1: Yeah, of course. Why not? What are we yeah. doing here? We're staying home. We're recording something. Have a little fun. Have do you two do, do it over Zoom, or do you do your half and he does his half, and then you splice it together?
0: He does, We do it separately. He does his half. I he'll send it to me, and I have to watch his before because there's been many times that he has taken references that I was about to do. Like I'm like, oh fuck, he's like said something about Gene Arthur, and I was about. to. Oh well, to. you can't let
1: him have them all though. If you were yeah, gonna I'll do it, I'll change mine. Yeah, yeah, and you're a font of ideas. You know, it's need endless. To his, yeah, endless. <laughs> It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. If you're that sort of person, I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Mitchell. Yes. Michelle. Can I call you Michelle? Uh, sure. For the purposes of the show. Yeah. But first of all, I, I also wait, want do to do you know you, wait, 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 I, I
0: just want to say, if I was born a girl, my mom <laughs> be, I told my name was going to be Mia. 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 Mia Silpa. Like
1: mi, Mia Ham. Mia Silpa. Mia, Mia Ham. Silpa. Mia <laughs> Mia, Mia Culpa. Mia Culpa.
0: Mia Farrow. Uh,
1: <laughs> Be a pharaoh. Okay.
0: Yeah, my <laughs> my mom also wanted to name me. Apparently, Sean was a name that came up, but my dad nixed it and said it was too quote Hollywood.
1: It was very Hollywood at that time to name somebody a oh, girl Sean. A,
0: a boy? No, no, no. My name oh, is Sean a boy. Cassidy.
1: You were going to be Sean Cassidy.
0: <laughs> I think. Yeah, I, I Sean Connery. But Sean
1: Selpa would have been kind of cute. No, Sean Cassidy for sure. Was it S-H-A-U-N or S-E-A-N? Never asked.
0: I don't think it got to that discussion.
1: <laughs> he, my
0: dad mixed it.
1: What a piece of work. Yeah. Uh, okay, so listen to me. I've probably yeah. watched you on Card Sharks with your father 400 times. I'll also Aww. tell you that. Uh, was it, wasn't it Card Sharks?
0: Yeah, it was Card Sharks in the 80s. Yeah, you
1: were incredible on Card Sharks. <laughs> you were so excited and you were so good at Card Sharks. And your father... Uh, I loved his energy in that clip. I just love how supportive he was of the whole endeavor. Uh-huh. I mean, think about that now. You're probably the age he was then when he took you on Cod it's jarring. And trying to agree. Imagine having a teenage son and agreeing to go on Cod well, You would we, never do it. You would never do it.
0: Oh, I would do it if
1: i had a would kid you, well yeah. you would now because you're would if arthur wanted to go on card checks would you do it with him?
0: <laughs> my dog
1: yeah if
0: my dog arthur, went on a he's game show. son yeah he's totally my son if you've my,
1: never been more obsessed with anyone in your life than arthur and i know you have a boyfriend
0: yeah i have never been more obsessed with anything <laughs> than my dog arthur and if my dog arthur wanted to go on a game show <laughs> i would love it and i would be very supportive Okay. Very supportive. I'm glad yeah.
1: we got that out of the way. All and we right. would
0: fight less than my dad and I did on that show.
1: I, wa- <laughs> I want you to read the first question. I usually read it myself, but I'm so excited to have you here. I'm going to let you read it.
0: Oh, God. I'm so honored. Okay. okay. You ready?
1: I sure am.
0: Oh, hello, dear friends. Oh, they no. didn't mention your names. Hello, no, dear friend. That's
1: nice. No one's ever addressed us like that before.
0: Yeah. And and yeah. also it worked out because I'm here. Okay. Right. so. Two months ago, my 40-something boyfriend of six months ghosted me. Mm. Our relationship was great. We communicated...
1: Future was Plan
0: it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> future planned... And seemed to align on all important things. He told me that he would never blindside me with a breakup. Yeah. And he would always let me know if there was any issue we needed to discuss.
1: Yeah. Just like Putin told everybody, he'd be sure and tell them before he invaded Ukraine. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Maybe she was dating Putin. Towards the end... His return texts and calls dwindled, but he denied wanting to break up. In my last attempt at communication to him, I requested that he reach out and send me my things, including my house keys, but I've gotten nothing. Hmm. Yes, I'm devastated and heartbroken by this blind side and not having any closure. Yes, I would love answers from you on why the ghosting happened, but I know that's not possible. But, Rona. What is the point of him holding my house keys hostage? I don't want to spend hundreds to change my locks, but since the guy I knew wouldn't break up with me, maybe this guy would break into my house? Ooh, I was planning to send him my new things. Oh, I was planning to send him his few things, including his keys, in hopes it would spur him to return my stuff. My friend said I shouldn't even waste the postage on him. What do you think, Osage Ones? Burn his stuff and send him the ashes? It doesn't seem very mature, but maybe it would be cathartic and serve as some sort of closure. Is closure even possible? Love and Negronas, Jay. Mm. Wow. That's a lot.
1: How does that make you feel, Mitch, when you read a letter A, like a lot. Because I, I know you have a bit of a threshold when it comes to patience with people sometimes.
0: <laughs> I do, <laughs> I, especially with texting.
1: You have a it's, short fuse when it comes to bad behavior.
0: Very furious all the time. Like, you
1: know, fucking... you're a ve- you're a very well behaved and a very polite person. Thank and you. And so I think you don't care for it when other people are not considerate, not as thoughtful but I,
0: about it. I can go through. But a process. I also think
1: you don't like it when people waste time in fantasy land in their brains.
0: Well, well, yes, but we all kind of do it. Like that's just part of dating. Of when you first start dating someone, and you're like. You, I mean, I, you future plan, is, as as she said, like you do all, that's just natural stuff. And also, I mean, th- that somebody would say to you, I would never, uh, I would never ghost you. What did he say? I would never.
1: That's a red flag to me. That is a 100%. part of the letter where I say, how, how did we get to that conversation? Either you have some kind of a wound or a history of that sort of thing happening to you. Yeah. Or uh, he has a history of doing it. Yeah. It's sort of like someone says, don't worry, I'm not going to buy a Volkswagen. And you say, I didn't. Did you right. mention buying a Volkswagen? No, I is not a Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Well, why? I mean, look, if somebody came around with a Volkswagen and said it's for sale, I just, you know, I'd think about it. You just told me you weren't going to buy a Volkswagen. I'm just saying if somebody knocked on the door and said I got a Volkswagen for sale, I'd consider it. Yeah, it's almost like this conversation. It's a big uh, and then gaslighting. They come up, a little, well, then they, yeah, then they show up with a Volkswagen. You think yeah. I didn't even know we were talking about Volkswagen? So <laughs> whatever it is, but it's a bit of a red flag to me that there was even a conversation of if you ever break up with me, just make sure you break up with me, as opposed to just not breaking up with me. Right? Though, and uh, I am though we don't curious. know the context of that, but yeah,
0: no, because I'm curious, like you said, if she brought it up, like at some point, like hey just know people have just broken up with me before and I would like to have some sort of a warning which is kind of a weird thing to fucking say and not great yeah. well it and, doesn't make or- you
1: seem like a catch if someone you tell that no, to people no. yeah
0: or worse if he just said by the way I will never just break up with you by ghosting you that's not why are you even bringing that up it's the Volkswagen yeah. thing yeah. it's the Volkswagen. yeah and uh the keys thing uh, uh I, I it's I agree with her friends. It's done. He's not he's I think she should spend the money and change the lock at this point, if she's that concerned about
1: it. I don't I hate to this is horrible, but okay. By her logic, he wasn't the kind of guy that would ghost to for all she knows, he's the kind of guy that would break into her house now that he has the keys. Okay? okay. That's her logic of why right. she's to change the key. I've got some terrible news for you. He's never going to break into your house, this guy. That is not, <laughs> yeah. you should be so lucky that he wants to break into your house. He's not coming anywhere near your house. No. He doesn't want your stuff, unless you know something sketchy about him that you're not sharing with us, which is you that you have an a instinct or a vibe or a something that he could possibly truly, uh, I'm not joking here, come into your house, take your things, that he's a sketchy person in some way. Then, look, it'll be the best couple hundred bucks you ever spent to change a locks because you're truly protecting yourself and the things that you care about. And that's- no small thing. And if you were to lose any one of those things, it would be way more than it would be. Some of that stuff would be impossible to replace if that is something that you truly, truly, instinctively are concerned about. But I mean, this absolutely stinks. I just want to say that. This is a, this absolutely stinks. He's a grown up. Yeah. And I often say this. What, Would the worst thing of the the worst thing that could have happened to him is he had to have a twenty minute conversation with you, which would have stunk for him. Where he had to say, "I just want to say I'm sorry. I know that it seemed like we were headed in a certain direction, but I'm not headed in that direction anymore." And here are your things, and thank you for the time that we spent together. And you cry, you throw, call him, and you know, an a hole. You throw a shoe at him. You do whatever you do. But it's over in 20 minutes, and life is sticky and uncomfortable, and people get closure. Closure is this. What is it? It doesn't exist. It only exists if someone gives you the answer you're looking for. And that is very rarely what happens between people. It just A lot of people say, I don't know. I just don't feel that way anymore. And that could be true. I thought I liked you. It was going a certain way. What do you want me to do? Be super honest with you. Uh, I want to date somebody who's more educated than you. Uh, I want to date somebody who has more money than you. Uh, I want to date somebody who isn't you. (laughs) That's basically, you know, whatever. We spent some time. We sniffed it out. It didn't work for me. What do you want to talk about? But that is not how you talk to people. That is not a kind. But this is the truth of relationships, honestly. We spent a certain amount of time together. And then we de- and then one of us decided they didn't want to keep doing that. Right. And it's always painful for someone. But often there is a way forward where you are able to respectfully say to someone, this is not, this was not for me. If that person can accept that, then that person has closure, and everyone has closure. But if the person who is being broken up with can't accept it, that there is no closure. Still, does that make sense?
0: A hundred percent. But to your point about closure comes from hearing something that you want to hear,
1: or like, that you can hear,
0: or that you can hear. But yeah. if you if you are if you are being broken up with, really what you want to hear is I don't want to break up with you or I want to get back together with you or I've rethought that
1: well Um, I'm not good enough for you is a pretty good one too people like that one people like to hear this person couldn't be with me because I'm too perfect and I made them feel less than or they they weren't ready for someone as together and amazing and smart and brilliant and beautiful as me. I they didn't feel they they grew up not just dis- thinking they didn't deserve anything, and so I was too good for them. Or you know, oh, they're so damaged and I'm yeah, not. whatever you can live with. You know, I could live with that. I could. Could live you? With somebody if somebody said, said, who said that they weren't to me. good enough for me, I could live with it.
0: If they someone said it's that probably to me, true. I would- I'd throw up. I my mouth. Oh, I'd like, probably, th- I wouldn't but accept that. Not
1: if I knew it was true. I'd sort oh. of think, eh, it's probably true. I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I buy it. <laughs> it just. This is the mystery between people. This is timing. This is compatibility. You know. But the real truth is that this guy. I know it stinks, and and. Honestly, I do have deep sympathy for the situation you're in, and I, I'm sure you feel rattled on a daily basis. Yeah. But the truth is, as immature and gross and everything else as this was, he did you a favor. He, you only went out for six months. He's the kind of guy that is capable of this behavior. That's not someone you want to spend more than a short amount of time with, I would say. This, but this, they were together for six months. What about this towards the end, his return texts and calls dwindled, but he denied wanting to break up.
0: I, I think, I feel like we're, there's something obviously not, we're not getting information about here. Like, I don't, it's, they were together, they they dated for six months. I don't know how fast it got intense, you know, or, or how often they saw each other or,
1: Uh, they met, in my opinion, they met on an app. He was dating other people. He was sort of keeping it going, had a lot of balls in the air and finally was just sort of like, okay, because people that meet on these, not that you can't meet on an app and you can't meet a terrific person, but there is an, an app mentality that some people have, which is that it's all disposable. And so if I'm done with it, I just close that door. That is one of the benefits of the app. I mean, the, the app begins with swipe right, swipe left. Trash, keep, keep them, lose them. Yeah. And so you can keep them, but then you can move them to the trash. Just drag that file into the trash when you're done with it. That is the, for some people, especially if you're a complete sociopath like this guy who does not care about other people's feelings in any way.
0: Yeah, he just was very comfortable being dishonest with her at the beginning and saying, this is not how I will ever break up with you, and then does exactly what he said he was not going to do, which was clearly, uh, I'm assuming, her letting him know that this is really the most painful way you could break up with me, and then he does it. Um, And, you know, and also, we don't know all the information, but, I mean, he is... How can he not respond to her like, give me back my house keys text? I mean, this well, is like also,
1: but house keys are up. what's the difference, house keys? This is the thing I never <laughs> understand. You want he's had what your one set of keys for however long? He could have a million copies of that key or zero copies of that key. He could have thrown it in the trash, or he could have a million copies of your keys. You have to change your locks either way. What's yeah. the point of him saying, or, or sure. don't change your locks and just trust the fact that he's not coming around.
0: But I think she should spend the money and change locks because I think it would give her a peace of mind. Um,
1: she doesn't and- want to, though, because she wants to believe that it's not totally over yet.
0: Well, I also think there's a, there may be a, this is my head, it went to like, I think she kind of does want to do it so she can have another excuse to text him Correct. and say, by the way, I changed the locks. So she could, you know, so she could win on some level or get him to to engage.
1: Provoke a reaction. Yeah. I'd like to know what his stuff is.
0: Oh, the stuff that she has yeah. to Yeah, is it a
1: t-shirt? Is it a, whatever it is, he doesn't seem too worried about getting it back.
0: Hmm. Sex toys, yeah, something got real some
1: good. sort of half-used tube of lube, lube from the lobsterman or something. Uh, he doesn't seem worried about his things. I understand no. you want to. I don't. If you want to burn them because it'll feel good, go for it. But I don't think sending him the ashes gets you anything except him understanding how much he meant to you.
0: Yeah, that also feels like movie closure, like in movies when you see them burn their things or like, oh, they move on the next day, but I don't know if I've that. I've never really burned anything.
1: anything of anybody's.
0: No, me neither. Never. I
1: always think it'll just stink. <laughs> things are not meant to be burnt. I just throw them out.
0: Just get them out of your sight.
1: But I'm not a pyro like some people.
0: mm Was that a dig towards me? Actually,
1: that's not entirely true. I love building a fire and watching it burn, but I don't want to throw anything that isn't supposed to be organic on the fire into the fire.
0: Hmm.
1: All right, dear, let us know what you decide. I mean, ah, the sad news is it's over. That's the situation. Now, our next question, I'm going to read. This is a question we get a lot. And I want a 100% honest answer from you on this, okay? Sure. Hi, Rana and Brian. Well, he's not here today, okay? I already told you. He's jet-setting around and Mitch Silt, but left here holding the bouquet. But what can we do? (laughs) (laughs) I'm seeking your advice today on a job search matter. I don't know why it seems like we're the people to write to about this, but okay. I have an interview in a couple of weeks for a job that could be everything I want, but... I'm probably not the most qualified candidate and I want the organization to have someone good in the position. Hmm. I'm 85% sure that I could do the job well and 85% sure that they won't let me work remote if I have to move that they won't. Okay. Okay. The potential move, this is, I mean, what a backwards, I'm not hiring you. Let's put it this way. (laughs) You just threw a new idea into the middle of this sentence and you didn't even introduce it. So I hope the job isn't to be a writer at a newspaper or something like that. Uh, I'm 85% sure that I could do the job well and 85% sure that they won't let me work remote if I have to move. Uh, The potential move is for my boyfriend. That is a whole different letter. So- let's just get this straight. You're applying for a job. You might have to move. So we're going to see if that's a factor, but you, you don't want to tell them. That, okay. that You might move. Okay. Should I still go all in and try to get the job? Would you recommend lying on your resume or in the interview? Mm-hmm. When is it shitty to lie to a potential employer? Should I say that I see myself in this position in five years, question mark? Or should I truthfully tell them that I'll be moving away sometime in the next two years? Well, will you or won't you? You said if I have to move. Do I say all the right things in the interview and then fake it till I make it? Or should I be honest about my knowledge and experience despite the outcome? I hope you see fit to help me out. Kiss, kiss, ethical job, Hunter, otherwise known as Ethel for short.
0: Okay. Um, well, it's been a long time since I've had a job interview. Yeah. Uh, but I remember, I mean, I guess we, actors go on auditions. So I guess those are job interviews. Um, but I
1: think I remember
0: everyone lies on job interviews, don't
1: they? Well, first of all, it's not lying. You don't know whether you're moving or not moving. You know that your boy, I, you, first of all, you shouldn't have sent me the thing that said there's another letter here. I'm just going to assume, based on your language, that the boyfriend might have to move, very likely has to move in the next two years. Mm -hmm. But that's not promised either. We don't know for sure if he's moving. And if he moves, you would very likely move with him. And in that event, you would very likely not be able to work from home in this new position. My first question to you is, why are you going on this job interview? You hate your current job. This is the, your dream job. What, what is it that's attractive about this job? And how does that fulfill whatever your personal goals are? That's a question I want you to ask yourself. Why are you switching jobs right now? Number two, all of these things are, may be very likely, but they're only possibilities at the moment. What you have right now is your life to live. Is he going for a PhD program? Is he going to be sent away for his job? Could they say they're sending him to Cleveland? Then they change the mind. He's doing great. They want to keep him in Chicago. I don't know. He's accepted at this PhD program. Oh, wait, but a grant just came in from another place, and it's right here. And here you are spending two years, or whatever it is, a year and a half, putting your personal career ambitions on hold because of the possibility of a move. I also don't know about who, I don't know anything about this boyfriend. How long have you been with him? A year? Six months? 16 years? Is this going someplace? Is it not going someplace? Obviously you think it's going someplace right now, but is it? I don't know. I don't know any of those factors. It doesn't sound to me like you really know them either. What you do know is that there is a job that you want. So go get the job. And whatever this, I worry about the job having the right person in their position. Forget about that. That's their business and their problem. If they select you, they think you're the right person. Okay? Right. Almost every single person when they take a job doesn't believe that they can do the job 100%. Because people want to move up and grow in a position. So there's always something scary, even as an actor when you get a, a part. You think, oh, I could nail this part. But then, of course, you get there. Who's your scene partner? Well, can I still do this part with this person? Can I still work with this director? Did the script change this way, that way? Can I still do fulfill the thing that I thought I could fulfill? This is life. Nothing exists in a vacuum. So... Forget this business where you're underselling yourself. Of course, oversell yourself. If only I were better at overselling myself, I'd be Oprah by now instead of being overly honest about what my skill set is or what I'm willing to do or blah, blah, blah. Don't be dishonest, but don't overshare either, is my opinion.
0: I also think the you're eighty-five percent thing. You're still yeah, I'm damage. still there. I'm still there. I fell asleep, but I'm really I'm here. I I feel like the eighty-five percent thing. Even though it pretty sounds good like percentage. he's, it's a fucking solid B. Yeah, like like that's that's pretty good. If you're eighty-five percent, that you'd be good at this job. That he was talking about it like it was a negative thing, or that he was you know like I'm not good enough. But that's pretty good.
1: Fifty-five, I'd be concerned.
0: Yes, that's yeah. an F.
1: Yeah, well, that's a little better than half. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. it is an F, yeah. It's an F.
0: <laughs> it's a solid F. D
1: minus. Why do they even give out a D minus?
0: Do they still do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we were just in school. Stop um,
1: over-sharing with everybody. My boyfriend might be getting a job. And so I just, you know, I might not be here. Don't get detached. Da-da-da. What is this? Fu- Speaking of future planning. <laughs>
0: Also, you can always quit.
1: Like you might you hate it. This, they have to. A right?
0: Yes, you might hate the job or future plans. Your boyfriend may want to move and want but you could quit. You, I I feel like he's almost afraid of like you know it's a like a people pleaser thing. Like he's they're going to get mad at him for yes, lying. Yes, that's an or, excellent point. You know, like it's it's okay. Like everybody. You know, you mentioned like if, if you were better at, at, at selling yourself for lying, you'd be Oprah. You know, I'd feel the same. I'd be like Stanley Tucci. or do out of that bald guy. So, but it's, um, yeah, I think it's a people pleaser thing. You're just mad that someone might get mad at you. Or not mad. You're, you're scared that someone's going to get mad
1: at you. It's immature. People yeah. get jobs and leave jobs and do whatever. Your job, once you get the job, is to do your best job for the time that you're in the job. And if you decide to leave, it is your job also to be mature and upfront about your timeline so that they can find someone else to do your job if you are lucky enough to get this job. And that is what you should take comfort in. If you're thinking about this possible move in the next two years, you have to think to yourself, okay, if I decide to make this move with my boyfriend, then in my mind, I'm going to give these people two months notice. So that if they want me to train somebody else, bah, 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 help them search, whatever it is, I'm going to plan for that. It doesn't sound to me like this boyfriend's move is going to happen in a minute. The other thing you have to ask yourself is, what is this moving for this boyfriend business? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what he does. It doesn't do, or whether that's more important than what you do, or it isn't. But that's probably something to look into a little bit. Also, I would say
0: it could be love
1: still there, Mitch?
0: I'm still there. (laughs) Can you hear me? (laughs) It Uh, could
1: be love, of course. Uh, And that's wonderful. But just make sure, you know, it just sounded like this was on some sort of shaky ground or some question. I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, until it happens, it doesn't happen. Look what happened with COVID. You could have taken that job two years ago and you were supposed to move to, you know, Seattle, Washington, and then nobody moves and everybody's working from home. And two years later, you're still in the job. I mean, we just don't know. So go for what you want and worry about, you know, if you know you're moving in three months, I would say, no, don't, it's not fair. Don't apply for this job. Don't leave them in the lurch. But if it's, you know, if this thing is happening in a year or more, go for it. Yeah, and there's no
0: final decision. You can leave you just because you decide to take the job. You could you have leave to live at your some life, point. of course. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right, lie. we've got one lie last, on the interview. One, it's not a lie. It's just leaving out every last detail because, as Mitch so astutely pointed out, you don't want anyone to get mad at you. Well, you don't know all the details, so you don't have to sketch them in for them. Okay. Okay. Keep us posted. Okay, Mitchell, we've got one more here.
0: Sure. Okay, here we go. Dear Numinous Rona. Numinous,
1: numinous. is that a word? I think they mean luminous.
0: Yeah, is that a typo?
1: Can <laughs> somebody like... look up Numinous? I want to see if that's a word. Hold on. I'm like very embarrassed numbers. if it is, and I don't know it. Hold on. Numinous. I bet it's
0: luminous.
1: No, it's a word. Numinous definition. Huh. Having a strong religious or spiritual quality, indicating or suggesting the presence of a divinity. Oh. The strange numinous beauty of this ancient landmark. Oh. I'll, I'll take it. Okay, numinous. Yeah, I'll okay, take Okay, well, that in dear, numinous, second,
0: dear numinous. Dear numinous Rona. Charming Brian and bewitching Y. Yeah. yeah, capital Y. And yeah. bewitching guest.
1: That's you, is that, Mitch. Is
0: that me? I'm bewitching. Yeah. Like Samantha Stevens. Yeah. I can t- do. be do? <laughs> tinkle tinkle,
1: <Yeah. laughs> I dooby dooby too. That's who Nicole Kidman should have played. She did. Oh, that's right. I forgot.
0: <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> okay, I can't tell you how much joy you bring me, and how wonderful it feels to be a part of the carriage house family. Although uh-huh. I would like to be there in the main as ha- to be a main house option, as I dislike being lumped in with unwanted house guests. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, we're working on our categories. We're going to up the categories a little bit. We're working on reorganizing our Patreon. So don't worry. There'll be a very exclusive tier for you to get involved in.
0: Okay. I I
1: don't know if I told you, Mitch, I'm planning on doing a tier that's $500 a month and people can have one 20-minute conversation with me for $500 a month.
0: That's nice. I'm working
1: out the details. I'm working out the details.
0: Call it the numinous level.
1: The numinous, yes. the That's what we call it, the numinous club, a numinous circle.
0: The numinous circle. Yeah. Okay. Having listened to your excellent discussion of teasing Massachusetts humor in the episode with Arden Miriam, it's Miriam, mm. right?
1: It's She's Marine, great. actually.
0: Is it really? Yeah. I've always said it wrong. I um, it.
1: Everyone does.
0: Okay. It occurred to me that you would know how to handle this kind of a situation Okay. How does someone with a cutting, biting sense of humor, spelled O-U-R... G- he's British,
1: way, this guy, yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, cope living with people who cannot engage in verbal sport. Uh, <laughs> well, a little background. <laughs> little background. I am a gay male writer. Yeah, of course you are. And an art critic in my mid-30s from the UK. Uh-huh. Um, you're right. Part of my job is to... Wield irony, with and an arch sensibility. It certainly is. Oh, caddy. Couple that with the caddy queer culture I came of age in, and my general default is the kind of humor described above. I don't suffer fools, and if someone asks a dumb or uninteresting question, uh-huh. I will usually find a funny way to respond. Oh. I try never to be cruel, and sometimes there's an exaggeration to the humor humor, that I hope signals that it's play, not personal. That's a weird place for a comma.
1: Okay. Um,
0: I can sometimes be a little misanthropic, although I try to use humor to lighten up the negativity, like Kafka, if he wrote for Roseanne Barr. <laughs>
1: I'm going to wrap my head head around that for two seconds. Okay.
0: My issue is that financial circumstance, museum closures and COVID in the London housing market has forced me into living with people now and prior to that who don't share that sense of humor.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: These are people who are either a bit earnest, just not into that kind of communication, or in the most extreme, don't really have any sense of irony and think that the joke is actually mocking. Oh, oh. I just
1: got so tired.
0: I know it's exhausting, but there's more, honey. But I got Sometime. tired
1: I got tired thinking about living with those people. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah, made yeah. me tired. Having to sit around the reception in this flat chair that he has in Highgate, or I don't know where he is. Oh, witty in West London. He's in West London. I hope yeah. he's not in Earl's Court. Okay, go on.
0: Okay, well, sometimes they try to joke back and they do so in a way that is is just to insult instead of making a clever play on the conversation.
1: Mm, So they insult back, which means they they took it as an insult. So they say something nasty in response. And then inadvertently, the person who was wielding the rapier shot whip, a wit rather, is uh, wounded. Because the person said something nasty to them when they were making a joke to the other person, but I went, they didn't
0: know how to make it in a funny
1: yeah, way. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or they try to tell you not to do it and not simply setting boundaries. Wait, not simply, not simply setting boundaries? Perfectly fine, but implying that your way of communication is mean or bad, i.e., telling you they don't like it, but you shouldn't act like that at all. That okay. feels more critical and judgmental than joking asides they are complaining about. And if there is one thing that is right for teasing, it's complainers, he says before whining.
1: Okay, so what he's saying there is, when they say, you shouldn't be that way, you shouldn't be the way you are, that's more hurtful than whatever little thing he said about, yeah. you know, them being the kind of person that would leave a pizza box sitting around. Why don't they just use it as a toilet? Yeah. 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 It doesn't seem like they're insulting his very, they're, they are insulting his very constitution in his, in his opinion. And they're not, they're not understanding the levity with which he meant his bobs, but okay.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, It doesn't seem right to have to change myself to avoid hurting the feelings of someone who can't read between the lines, like comedians having to explain their jokes instead of just telling them. Even Mm. though I will eventually move out of this flat, I don't think that this will be the last time I encounter this clash of sensibilities. It's certainly not the first. So it seems useful to ask, what should a campy and arch person do when stuck in a situation, work-life, friendship group, With someone who just doesn't get that kind of humor. Best Mm. wishes, witty in West London. Okay.
1: So think about this for a moment, Mitch, because you're a person who is surrounded and in your lifetime has been surrounded by fun, funny, smart people. Okay. Some who you love to joke around with, and some who rub you the wrong way and aren't as funny as you think. They, they aren't as funny as they think they are or they think making a joke is saying something mean or et cetera, et cetera. Or bitchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in your very nature, you are such a, you're a fun, affable, funny. And so we were talking about Sam Pancake at the beginning of the show. Yes. You, Sam Pancake, it would be cruel to tell Sam Pancake, no one wants to see your one man show here. Sam Pancake needs to exist in a circumstance where people understand, get, and enjoy the very character that is Sam Pancake. I often Mm -hmm. say, look, look, I just want to just put a disclaimer here because I often say, I'm not for everyone. Okay? (laughs) The people who I'm for, I couldn't be more for. If this is what you're looking for, look no further. The same is true of people that have a dynamic, large, funny personality. There are people that get it and people that don't. So what do you do? In the, and I'd also be curious how long they've been living in this scenario because sometimes you'd be surprised. It seems like nobody likes anybody for the first three months and then oddly... Four years later, that person is a person you couldn't imagine. You think, "Oh, I couldn't stand that person when I first met them." And now they're one of my favorite people, and I'm so glad I have that strange friendship from that weird flat share that I had, you know, yeah, four hundred years ago. But anyway,
0: it's when you're living together, though. I, I don't think it get, usually gets better if it starts bad in a roommate situation.
1: No, that unless there's another thing that happens from the side, there's another instance. Yeah. in which that person has to show another facet of their personality and they so either are there for that person or support that person in some way, then they see another side to you and they come to an understanding about you and then they think, oh, now I get it. This is person is this way and this way. They're not only this way. And yeah. so now I have more respect for that person.
0: And I also want to say, to your point about like it, the the Sam Pancake of it all, like I I think course, there's yeah. like
1: Sam Pancake. I just want to say, I think is hysterical, adorable, it's hysterical, and fun, no fun, fun.
0: But the idea that if you have a sense of humor, I mean, to share a joke, to joke around, to be silly, or whether it's catty or witty or whatever the hell, it, um, or just silly, is there's a vulnerability there, like you are opening yourself up to somebody saying. That's not funny. And it, it like hurts. Like you're just joking around with somebody. So if yes. you're around, people saying who,
1: you're very loud, keep it down. The meanest yeah. thing anyone could ever say to me when I was a child was, you're so loud.
0: Yeah. I got that too. Because that's, that's who Jewish I was. Thing. It's a Jewish thing.
1: But that's who I was.
0: Yeah. Yes. And, and, yes, at my it's core. All that. And if you're around people and you're like trying to be, you know, connect with them on several level by like making jokes or being silly. It hurts to be around them going, they don't, I don't think you're funny. I don't think that's not fun. And you don't, you just don't want to be around them and to live with people who are like these that are so serious or don't have a well, sense of humor. That's
1: one level. But the other level is, let's say he decides to go with tamping it down. Okay. okay. Yeah. Forget it. I'm not going to joke around with these people. That's yeah. also depressing. Because part of what makes you, you is that you want to joke around with people all the time and you get a charge out of that. It lightens your mood. It's how you play. And these people don't want to play with you. So you're living then in a circumstance where you sort of say, I'll just keep my ball in my room instead of bringing it out into the reception with everybody else. And that doesn't feel good.
0: Right. But that's, I mean, I guess that doesn't feel good and it sucks to have to live with people like that, but, but, then they sometimes can't play. Right. but then sometimes you have roommates that are just, you don't need to have that sort of a relationship with them.
1: You need to play with the people you know you can play with. Yeah, your friend. And I'm sorry that you don't get to play with Neil and I in the living room all the time. Is sort of the, you know, you want yeah. a situation where you get to swan into the living room and do another, you know, here's another zinger I came up with in my bedroom and you can't pass. And I, and I totally get it because you're fun and you're funny and you're charming and everything else, but you find it impossible to pass up the opportunity to point out a little something when somebody says something that doesn't line up or isn't smart or isn't up to snuff and you're dying to pounce because it's fun to pounce. But they don't think it's fun, yeah, because they a they're not playful and b for all of the reasons you want to pounce. Other reasons they don't want you to pounce. They feel insecure about their intellect, or they aren't funny. There are people that just aren't funny and don't have a sense of humor, and it's or really. Worse.
0: Or worse, have a, a like uh, a mild sense of humor or an inconsistent <laughs> – I actually can take people who have no sense of humor yeah. over people who have like a mild or inconsistent – Or a bad
1: sense of humor.
0: Yeah, because some – yes. Because, well, then yeah. they sometimes laugh and then sometimes they'll go, what do you mean by that? Yeah. If they never have a sense of humor, I know exactly how to treat them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead.
1: These people are your, are your flatmates. They're not your family and they're not your partner, your life partner. And I'm sorry, you're going to have to eat your cup of noodles in your room is basically <laughs> what's going on here. It's not going to be fun for all the reasons that you These are not fun people. Keep your eye open for another flat share situation that's more fun. If it's important for you to have fun at home but try not to see this as a threat to your very existence. Just try to find other outlets for for your, because honestly what you're describing to me is part of your creativity. Your personality is sort of the, the canvas yeah. or the brush with which you paint the canvas. And these people, you know, they didn't buy a ticket to this show. They just want to pay their rent and they want to go to bed. And they want to watch Emily in Paris, or whatever they want to
0: do. And not—they don't want to talk to Kafka.
1: No, they don't want to. They don't. They not don't want to read Kafka, and they don't want to listen to Rosie and Ba. Yes, it's not for them. them. You are not for them.
0: And meet your friend. You'll have. That's what your friends are for. The the people. The that people you your choose, not the people yeah. you're
1: thrown together with by circumstance.
0: Yeah, they're just roommates, as you said.
1: Eat your cup of noodles in your room, dear. And stop driving everybody crazy by sizzling them left and right. Sizzle the people that can hear. Go down to the pub now that you can. Go yeah, you be, around that you can, you be around people down can. Oscar Wilde. You want to be around people that
0: you can give shit to that yeah. think that's funny, that, think that, that is actually fun.
1: Also, if they don't think you're fun and funny, don't waste that delicious energy on them. Do you think Oscar Wilde would perform to an audience that didn't laugh at him? Or that didn't find him to be the most engaging, you know, hysterical, bon vivant that ever lived. Now he'd say, we better get to another party. This party's full of drips.
0: Oscar Wilde.
1: What a guy. What a guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tim. We've come to the moment in our program where we have to decide who's getting something. So what we've got here is let's see, have a little recap. The first person was, uh, my keys, right? Yeah. How do I get my keys back from the guy that ghosted me? Um, and do I change the locks? Number two, the job interview person. Number three, people don't get how brilliant I am and it's driving me crazy. Is that an accurate assessment?
0: That is an accurate. I think you're absolutely right. Those are the three.
1: Who do you who are you feeling something for? This is the moment in our program where we decide who needs something, and it doesn't have to be based on who's the saddest story and who's the yeah. this and the that. It's just whoever you've got a feeling for.
0: I I feel like the person who probably needs a gift the most is the woman who is gotten broken up with and can't decide, can't yeah. get her keys back. Yeah. Yeah, I think she needs something.
1: I know what I'm going to send her. I, I would agree. I think that no matter the content of the letter, there's still a sting there and a disappointment. She hurt. And She's a hurt. bit of i I'm sorry, this stinks, but you have to dust yourself off a little bit. So we're not sending you a new keychain for your new keys, though that's not a bad <laughs> idea. We could send you one of those, you know, we could send it, which we're not. No, we shouldn't. It's too much information. We should send her one of those tiles where you send the tile. You know about these tiles? It's called the no. tile. You add it to your keys, and that way you can do Find My iPhone for your keys if you ever lose your oh, keys. yeah. It's basically a it GPS tracker. So she could send his stuff back with a tile in it, and then she could GPS track him around wherever he's going to find <laughs> out what he's doing. But sure. that's not what, But that's not what we're going to do. Uh, I tried the other day, these fabulous eye masks from a brand called Knesko. I believe it is. I think secretly it's Knesko is what it is, which is a Russian word, but it's K N E S K O. And they make these gold eye masks fond of your eyes. And they're so luxurious and they feel incredible. And mm-hmm. I think you need to lay back on your sofa, mm-hmm. put on this little eye mask get your thoughts together and find a way to become quiet in your body about this. And at the same time, you're going to get a little extra moisturizing in a place where absolutely everybody needs it. And you need to get yourself back out there and you got to put yourself up on an app or you're going to decide to take a little break and figure out how we quite got to this place with this guy. I'm not yeah. talking about personal responsibility. I'm just saying, let's stop and think about what we think we want next time. Even if that's cherry picking a few things from this relationship. Uh where you think, oh well I did what I did love was having somebody to ride a tandem bike with or you know, whatever. I'd like that to carry that over to the next relationship.
0: You can dream about it with your ice pack on or with an eye pack on. Sorry, it's not an ice pack.
1: Yeah. With your eye with your eye mask. That's what I think. Oh your eye mask.
0: Does that
1: work for you, Mitch?
0: I love that. I think that's really sweet.
1: All right, we're going to read our cliffhanger now. Now, what happens with our cliffhanger is that people have to come find us on Patreon if they want to hear the answer to this. Uh, and this one's a little bit, it's not the kind of question I normally. Ah, oh, you know, we didn't even do any of our updates, but that's okay. We'll do them the next time. There's too many updates yet to even possibly read. Mm. Here's our cliffhanger mm-hmm. Dear Ronna Bryan, and possible, but definitely illustrious guest. Mm. I recently moved into a new apartment. For the 15 years previous to this, I lived on the top floor of a brownstone with only three units, and I could never hear my neighbors. My new building has 10 units per floor. Hmm, New build. And I can occasionally hear the couple that lives across the hall from me. I have never met them, but we've exchanged a polite nod and wave in the hall. This morning, I woke up to the sounds of them fighting. It was clear that the woman was crying, and the man was shouting at her. I listened in for a bit, not out of any fury and interest, but because I wanted to make sure nothing physical was happening. At one point, I did hear her say, You pushed me off the couch. You should never put your hands on me. Since it was past tense, didn't feel like yeah. I needed to intervene at, the po- at that point, but continued to keep an ear out for anything concerning. Eventually, things quieted down, and it seemed like he left the apartment to calm down. This experience has left me questioning what the best course of action is in a situation like this. I am a single woman living alone, but hope that I would intervene if I overheard a neighbor in a dangerous situation. One major concern is that I am a white woman, and my neighbors are both People of color, P-O-C, and I would be loath to involve the police in any situation, especially in one involving a person of color, unless absolutely necessary. What do you think I should, so just in fairness to this person, I think what they're trying to say is, they're not trying, not trying to say I'm Karen, they're trying to say what we don't want is Brianna. Is that right?
0: Yeah. That sounds
1: right. Is that an okay way to put that? Yeah. They're saying they would never want, because w- the world and evidence has shown us that uh, the authorities are not always as discerning in interactions with uh, members of the community who are people of color. Yeah. They would never want to bring that to their doorstep. Right. That's what, how I'm going to take that. Sure. What do you think I should do if this happens again and perhaps escalates? Go over there myself. Call our front desk. I'm not sure what they could do. Call the police. This feels like an absolute last choice option to me. Please let me know if you think I am overthinking this and what you think the best course of action is. Thank you so much for your kind advice and hilarious podcast XOL. She slash her. Well, to talk about future planning. Uh yeah. We look forward to discussing that with you on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ask Mitch, have we sent you the coffee yet? Did you get the coffee yet? No, I haven't gotten any coffee. I want some coffee. Are you a are you a ground or a whole bean?
0: Uh, Ground.
1: You don't grind your own beans. You want me to grind I them don't. for you.
0: That would be great.
1: Okay. I'm going to send you the coffee. <laughs> Thank you. The, the coffee is absolutely magnificent. The Carriage blend is like an elevated Dunkin' Donuts and then the shades of vanilla is not a vanilla-flavored coffee. It's a vanilla-infused coffee, and it's about the most wait. fabulous, luxurious thing. Arthur's going to go crazy through the roof for the smell of this coffee. <laughs> I'll just put it in his water. Well. He's going to <laughs> come bounding into the kitchen with a spring in his step that you never expected from someone who's 10% chape. Uh 30% Chihuahua. 30%. Well then he already has a spring in his step if he's 30% He chihuahua. certainly does. They come with the spring belt and chihuahuas. Uh, <laughs> that's one of their talents. They do have a springy little coil step. They do Chihuahuas. Uh, he's
0: got a little he's got a little prideful walk.
1: Yeah. So ask if you want to order our delicious coffee. And of course, our fabulous Negronis are still on offer at negrana.com ordering from Connor McKay. And coming soon, information on our drinks club, a monthly drinks club. Did I tell you about this, Mitch? No. We're starting a monthly drinks club where mm. people will get a, we'll have a cocktail of the month. People will get a uh, box with all of the fixins or most of the fixins. You know, if they have to get a lemon themselves or whatever it is, that's their problem. And then we will host a monthly drinks where Connor will show us how to make the drink or will tell us about the wine or whatever it is. We'll have a little chit-chat, just the people in the club together with me and Brian. sounds pretty. Sounds sounds pretty elevated to me. I I love it. So there we are. All right, dear. It was such an absolute pleasure. Will you come back again when Brian's here? Of course. When Lady Brian is here.
0: He's got to stop working.
1: And is there anything else you want to plug besides your possible streaming show that's tonight at Dynasty Typewriter?
0: A possible streaming show. Um, uh, uh, I'm on that show. All Rise is coming back for a third season. Oh, it is.
1: That's fabulous. Yeah,
0: it got picked up by OWN. Uh, oh, Oprah. wonderful. Of Oprah. Excuse yes. me, speaking
1: of, yes. by the network I don't own because I don't have the same amount of confidence as Oprah, Buffs. suppose. God, uh, well. That is so exciting! Oh, that's wonderful, yeah. Mitch. I'm so happy to hear it.
0: Yeah, it's the yeah. I'm very. I'm yeah. It's. I just shot an episode. It's. I love it. It's a, a very a happy place to be. I
1: love. Oh, that terrific! Great job. You love the job.
0: <laughs> I do love the job.
1: Wonderful. Um. All right, dear. So kiss, kiss. People watch All Rise and check our link to see if they're streaming the show tonight. And if it's there, then they are. And if it isn't, then they're not. That's what I can tell you.
0: That's all you can say.
1: All right, dear. Kiss, kiss.
0: Love you.